Welcome to Online Offscript, where we discuss trending topics and all things new on the internet. I'm Sam Olmstead, Online Optimism's Growth Managing Director. And I'm Yara Mitt, the Social Media Director. This week, we are talking about developing girls' skills in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Our guest today is Moira Glace, Operations Coordinator at Electric Girls. Moira has been with Electric Girls since 2016. She began with the organization as a volunteer and eventually shifted into admin, where she has been able to wear many different hats over the years and has been lucky enough to be a part of the Electric Girls' growth during this time. Well, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. So let's just jump right into it. How did Electric Girls get started? Tell us about that. Uh, Electric Girls was founded in 2015 when Floor, our founder, was the only girl in the, the vital sound recording at Loyola. She was a student at the time. And basically she kind of had that experience of like people thinking she was an assistant or talking over her when she was like really leading the team and she was the only girl. So that kind of posed the question to her of why there weren't more women in that field. And then it became kind of like her senior thesis where she wanted to solve a problem. And she ended up kind of making the beginning of what is Electric Girl Summer Camp. And the first summer camp in 2015 was just six girls. And from there, it's grown each year. And we always have the feedback of the campers, too. Or, you know, we've done fall programming. We've, we've started doing year-round programming. So we like to get feedback because we want to make sure that we're doing what the kids are interested in because um, that's how you really can retain them for longer. Um, so we've done that. And one thing that's always been awesome that I always like to highlight that floor when she was making our organization is at least 50% are always on full scholarship. So we want to make sure it's equitable for everyone. And, you know, if we can do more, we, <laughs> we try. Um, so that's where donations always come in. I can't not plug something like that as a nonprofit. But uh, yeah, the it was just kind of someone's observation and wanting to make a change. And over the last few years, we've definitely grown a lot. And we love getting these letters from like college applicants and saying like how much this camp when they were eight made an impact and they're going off to school or we're writing college recommendation letters for these girls as they go off and study STEM. And actually two of them are coming back as instructors for our summer camp this year which is fun and, wow. and now I get to like run payroll on them. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask how many of the, if you keep track with the campers and see how many of them like move on to like actually go into careers in this. Um, so is it, are most of the campers people like girls who just kind of like have like a fledgling interest or are they ones who it's like, I, I want to be an engineer. Yeah, it sorry, is, can I, I just step back also yeah. and just say, could you give us a little bit more insight about like the mission of Electric Girls and, and, and who it is you serve and where you serve and, and all of that type of thing, just so that we have a, a little more, you know, basic. Yeah, with, within Electric Girls, we really serve mostly the New Orleans area, um, but there's definitely girls who come from like Chalmette or Slidell, like they're willing to do the drive. And I honestly feel like I've, I've been with organizations since 2016. There is a good mix of interest because, you know, some kids are sent to our programs because their parents are interested in it. And some of them come in really hyped. And I love that it's a mix of all of them. Um, and they come from so many different school districts, too, which I find really important because 
you know, when you are interested in something and maybe all your friend groups in your school aren't, you might not stick with it. But as long as you have like a friend or two that is hyped about it, and we see this happen every single session too. And I love seeing, you know, them posting on Instagram with like friends from different schools and projects that they've worked on. But I definitely... Girls come in with interest, girls don't. And what I love about the ones who come in without the interest is really making sure they understand that STEM really isn't everything at this point. Um, and I think the word STEM sometimes for girls, they think it's more for boys. They're like science, tech and everything. And well, there's so many different fields that have STEM, like fashion tech. I love making them realize that, or even like the science of like making makeup, like where you might think it doesn't suit you, it does. And also we emphasize public speaking too. At the end of all of our sessions, we always do a demo day where the girls present their creations. Um, so they can explain to families, friends, and their other campers what went into it. And sometimes their projects don't work, and that is a-okay. And that's where, you know, you have to fail to succeed. And that is something that everyone <laughs> needs to feel uh, in everything in life. So it's really teaching that. But with Demo Day, they get up and speak and pitch their project. So even like if they don't go in STEM, there's still that entrepreneur spirit too. There, there's that confidence that we try to build into them that they can do whatever they want. Um, and one thing I thought I failed to mention was we actually start as young as the age of five. So we do have five wow. going up there, showing projects that they've created. And we teach the foundations of soldering, coding, woodworking and everything starting at five. Um, and you'd think that it would be a little dangerous. They're, they're a little more carefree with the hot glue guns. They're very, very cautious with the soldering. So that's where a lot of people think that five-year-olds can't, but they can. Um, so those are some other So do kids get to come in? When kids come in, are you like, okay, you're going to learn each of these skills and then you get to spend more time on which one you like the most or like, so say someone comes in and they're like, oh, I'm really interested in makeup. Are you going to put them specifically on activities that would revolve around that interest or do they have to like get all the interests? We do teach the foundation. So that is like a general thing, but knowing what they're interested in, we can start to kind of explore for their personal projects and stuff. Um, we always encourage them to bring stuff from home too. So if they have like a stuffed animal, they want to like light up or something like that. They're more than welcome to. Um, with our summer camp this year, we're actually having themes too. So the very first half of our day will be focused on those. And then the second half is those more specific projects, more of those core foundations. And this year we're doing sessions with environmental science and food science Environmental science is definitely like, because we always do surveys at the beginning and the end of all of our sessions. So we know like where our girls' interests lie at the beginning, at the end, how they feel more confident. So those are two subjects that have definitely been brought up that our, our girls want to learn about. I think it comes as no surprise that our like youth are very interested in the environmental science. Um, and I... I think food science goes hand in hand with it too. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what happens this summer, what they create. What is the oldest age that you serve? Currently we serve um, up to 13 
but some of our girls stay and then they can volunteer with us or mentor. There's other ways that we try to keep them involved. We're kind of always shifting each year with that. Yeah, 13 year old Mira would have loved to go to a science camp to specifically learn environmentalism. Mm -hmm. I did morning announcements about how you can help the environment in junior high. So, and I hear that I I'm hear a little jealous of all these kids. I hear that so often too. Like, whenever like people come to like our open house to learn about our programming, the, the parents are just like, oh man, I wish I had that. And even like the college students who might be working with us over the summer, they were like, man, I wish it would be that. So it's exciting, particularly for the two campers who are now coming back as instructors to see how that does impact them. I mean, I wish I had this I think it's really important. <laughs> too, so. Yeah. Like, I was very interested in, like, the sciences growing up, and then in high school, I just had some not great teachers that made me think I wasn't good at these things, so then I went to college, and I pursued a liberal arts degree, and I think that if I had had something like this that filled the gaps that the public public education system was missing, it could have made a difference. Yeah. I, I have a very similar experience and that's something that I wanted to bring up a little bit later, but like, have you ever heard of the Scully effect? Okay. No. The Scully effect is particularly women. Oh, from the X-Files? Yes, from the X-Files is girls who grew up yes. watching Scully and they actually, there was like a little bump in women entering in STEM. Of course it went down, unfortunately. And I was obsessed with the X-Files growing up. And I remember when it being FBI and I remember the interest in STEM, but then around middle school, it's like, that's when it can deter you. And it happened to me and it took me until I was an adult. And I just had, I worked in a very masculine industry to then have enough men be like, you're bad at computers. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, and I took a coding immersion class because I wanted to prove them wrong and also prove myself that I could do it. And that's how I actually heard about Electric Girls as the founder floor came and spoke at the coding immersion class that I was taking. And then I started volunteering within the organization. And then that kind of leads me to where I am with them. <laughs> like it's just grown from there. Um, so where did your background start that then led to you working in STEM? I worked in the film industry for like 10 years. <laughs> Like, uh, so that's a very masculine industry. I was more logistics and that's kind of what I do within, um, electric girls now is I work with the operations and I also run our like social media and marketing. So I have that creative field as well. Um, so I can't say that I necessarily had it. I definitely had an interest that I, f I feel like as a young girl, you know, teachers were like, your brother's better at math. You're not the math person or something like that. And I believed him. I, I think my, my experience is similar to yours, unfortunately, but I went back on this track and I really enjoy my time with electric girls now. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that I remember growing up also is that science as a child felt very applied. Like you can, it was very hands-on because everything was hands-on as, as like an elementary school child. And then as you get older, it feels more theoretical and less hands-on. And then you lose that interest because it doesn't really feel like it's applied to you. Um, and I think what it seems like you all do is really bring everything hands-on. So it's all like, this is how you can do it. And this is how 
it could work in the real world and all of that. Is that kind 100%. of 100%. And I think also with our age groups too, we have them from like five to seven, eight to 10, 11 to 13. So the importance of dividing it within those like developmental age groups too, because you don't want to bore someone or put someone too far in advance and intimidate them to not stick with it. And that's where really just asking for the feedback is important too. Um because we want to make sure that what they're learning is interesting and also like show how it intersects with everything. I, I'm, I'm a big component. I know a lot of people like to say STEAM now. And I'm like, no, STEM is artistic. You don't need to add the art to it because it makes it feel like, I get that it's supposed to make you feel like less intimidated, but STEM is so artistic. You just have to switch your brain or realize it. And that's how whenever I took my coding immersion class for the first two weeks, I was like, I'm dumb. I don't know what any of this means. But then whenever something switched in my brain that I was like, oh, it's not math like I thought it was, which, yes, there's elements, but it just felt like a language. I was like, oh, I can learn a language. And as soon as like it's something, every single person has that ability you just have to be patient enough to learn that person. And we take the time, our classes are smaller so we can learn what, what each girl's language is, you know, just how to translate it so that they have that aha click moment. And then from there, the confidence is there. So it's just, you gotta make sure that you take that time in the beginning. And then also with that, what are they interested in and link it back. Can I say that I, I always feel like it's on the flip side. So my background is also in film. I have a film degree from UNO. Um, and I went into it being like, yeah, this is going to be creative and arts. And then there's so much math and science. There is so mm -hmm. much in film and even in marketing. Like I, I complain all the time. I do so much math and I specifically <laughs> didn't want a career with math. And it's like, as much as the STEM subjects, are their own arts. A lot of art is STEM. It is math and science. We're actually having, with our first environmental really science, great. Alex Beard, the local artist, is coming, and he has math elements in his art, so he's going to be speaking with all of our campers, just so they understand that crossover. Um, yeah. So we're excited about that, too. So can, can I ask you how you think that women being underrepresented in STEM impacts society as a whole? There are so many answers. It's hard to even figure out where to start, but I think it's really important is, um, I think just, you know, diversity and representation in general is so important um, because unfortunately, if you don't have that live life experience, you might not think that something needs to be invented or needs to be created. Um, and then also just like the diversification of like life experiences you bring into creation, creating and also you know, how we would use products and stuff. And that's one of the great things about like having, you know, 15 girls in the same classroom and they're building their projects separately. But, you know, we we present badges at the end as well. So it's really our instructors are taking note on where each girl is thriving. They're all going to get one. Um, we're not going to not give one to it, but it's just like their soft skills and hard skills that we give them for. And one of them is mentorship. So it's, you know, making sure that they're all kind of like lifting each other up. Um, but yeah, some of the ideas, you know, that one kid has, they might not have thought of. And then 
they create something new. I think there's such limitations by limiting who has access uh, to those jobs. Um, And I think there's so many things that have yet to be invented that I can't even think of. Like in 10 years time, like think of 10 years ago and how much has changed. It's going to change even more in 10 years. And the only way to make sure they're really taking off is to make sure that everyone is represented um, when creating these things. That answers the question. Yeah. I mean, you think about NASA and how so many of their accomplishments wouldn't have happened without women and particularly women of color in the room doing the math and the science. Right. It's like endless opportunities for those examples. Yeah. And I think, yeah. With kids too, it's so important to see the women who were part of it. And that's one of the great things is at least people are now kind of writing books about it and sharing it. And during our camps and any of our other programming, we definitely talk about other women who look like them and make sure that they see that they've, they're around and of all different ages too. All of our classrooms are actually named after different women in STEM too, so they can be walking into a space and see someone off the bat. Um, and that's, that kind of goes back to like the Scully effect is just seeing like one person, but like within the classroom too, single sex environments. I went to a women's college and there's definitely something where you get this like relaxed vibe of learning. Like you speak up a little bit more. There's enough studies with that too. And that's what makes Electric Girls in New Orleans a little different is we're the only like um, just focusing on on girls or anyone who um, identifies as non-binary or girls can attend our camp. So making sure it's kind of like a safe space for them to feel. Um, Actually, the start of each day, we take our temperatures, we introduce a tool of the day and we talk about that, but we also like say like how we're feeling and we don't expect everyone to come in out of 10. So then we do the average of what that is. And that actually was an idea that started the first summer camp with six girls. Like one of the campers gave that feedback is like, I'm not always in a great mood and that's fine. And that's realistic for the work world too. So it's just like, okay, we know this, we'll meet you where you're at for the day and work from there. We might have to. I was just thinking that. (laughs) I would love to start my team every day with like, all right, everyone's going to lunchtime. And we do that too. It's like, as the year round, like admin team, we take, like, we call it PBH. It's like, you know, our personal temperature, our business temperature, and like our health temperature for the week too. So like we even add the year round. So that's like an idea, like the perfect example of like a kid thought of it. It's now part of our programming. And even within our like weekly meetings, we use that for ourselves too. Yeah, that's genius. Well, perfect. I know we're going to wrap up soon, um, but Maura, I was wondering if you could um, maybe give like a very brief elevator pitch for Electric Girls to someone who's never heard of it or someone who may be interested in it but just doesn't know anything about it. Cool. Sorry, I'm trying to blank. Give me one second. (laughs) Uh, Electric Girls was founded with the idea of making sure that STEM education is accessible to all girls within the New Orleans area. Um, We start at the age of five and go to 13, and we teach STEM skills 
relating to robotics, coding, woodworking, soldering. We make sure that the girls leave more confident than they came in, more confident than when they came in on these skills and that they can actually like go home and teach their parents <laughs> uh, the skills as well. And hopefully have a career within yeah. STEM yeah. if that's yeah. where they see themselves. Sorry. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Moira. If someone wanted to connect with you or Electric Girls on, on social media, where would they Electric do that? Girls ED on all of Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And our website is electricgirls.org. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I really learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much, Moira. Is there anything else you wanted to um, put out there before we kind of wrap Sorry, up? Sorry, I didn't. It cut out for a second. What? Uh, I, I said, is there anything else you wanted to put um, out there before oh, we wrap up? Just that our summer camp, while we start on June 6th, we still have open enrollment for our second, third, and fourth uh, sessions. And that wraps up August 5th. We will have fall programming, most likely robotics. So just like keep an eye out subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on our website. We will be having year-round programming. So just keep an eye out. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Moira. And uh, really appreciate you coming on. And we learned a lot. And we will definitely share that with the world. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss, reach out on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And as always, stay optimistic.